So what we want is we want 15 Facebook ads and we want 30 Google ads, uh, Google text ads, and we, we need a landing page. And that landing page needs to have an email capture form on it. And that email capture form needs to have a sequence of 15 emails. And then we want to do this and then we want to just, hang on, whoa, hold the phone, hold the phone, right? What is it you're actually trying to achieve here? What, what's the benchmark for success? You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, how you doing? Adam here, and I wanted to quickly let you know about a brand new 15-minute video training where I show you how to get 5, 10, 15, 25 or more predictable sales appointments every month in just 30 minutes a day. And how you can do all of that without cold calling, networking, relying on referrals or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I've added that to the podcast gift page, which you can find at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. And you'll also see all of the other resources and gifts that I've created on that page as well. So hope you go and check that out and, uh, and enjoy what you find. So until you do that, Let's get back to the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, if you've been listening for this, to this podcast for a little while, you'll probably have picked up on the notion that I believe marketing is one of the most important functions in any business. I mean, after all, marketing is responsible for helping you bring in new leads, inquiries and client sales opportunities. Because really, without those, you don't actually have a business, just a pretty expensive hobby. So effective marketing, it's absolutely vital if you want to survive in today's hyper-competitive environment which is why I've asked a fellow marketing geek onto the show today to discuss what it really takes to make your business successful for effective marketing. Now, he's the host of the Excellent Marketing Development Podcast, which I've been privileged enough to be a guest on recently, and uh, he's actually the first person to ever call me a gentleman. So he's instantly gone into my top five list of awesome people in marketing. Now, obviously, that's not just because of his impeccable manners, but also because he himself is an absolute fountain of knowledge about all things marketing and doing it the right way. He spent more than a decade working in and on marketing agencies in the UK and around the world. And today he's the co-owner of digital agency SO that incorporates strategic and creative thinking to help his clients succeed. So without further ado, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Pete Everett to the Client Catching Podcast. Pete, welcome to the show. Well, where is the rounds of applause for that introduction? <laughs> that's, mate, that, that's, uh, it's very kind of you to say. I'm, I'm very delighted to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, as I say, it was a, a, a guest recently on your, uh, your excellent show as well. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what um, two uh, self-confessed marketing geeks come up with in, uh, in terms of having a chat. We could well lose um, the entire listenership within about five minutes, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, no, we're not going to do that because uh, between the two of us, um, we've, we've got a fair amount of experience in this world. So why don't you start by kind of telling us a little about what you do, the business that you run, the problem you solve for people. 
Okay, so my, my primary business is um, so digital communications, as, as you said. We're a, we're a digital agency. We're, we're based in the UK, but we're a remote team. So I live in Sheffield. If you're, if you're UK-based, this will make sense to you. If you're not, then just bear with me for 20 seconds. Uh, so I'm based in Sheffield, which is smack bang in the middle of the UK. And my business partner is based in Kent, which is um, in that little sticky out foot bit near London, if you're, if you're wondering where it is. And then the rest of our team are all home-based and um, they're, they're sort of dotted, dotted around across the place. Um, we, if you look at our website, you will see that we position ourselves as a, an agency that supports either um, third sector clients, so uh, sort of national size charities, those kind of clients, or the education sector. So um, largely higher education and further education institutions, mainly here in the UK, although we do spread our wings a little bit. Um, we, I put it that way because we, you know, the agency's nearly four years old. We're still growing. We're not quite at the point where we can turn down work uh, yet. We, we can pick and choose a little bit, but we're, you know, we, we do have a sort of plethora of clients still from not necessarily markets that we would ordinarily choose to um, to focus on. So that's that's basically what we do. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because as you say, it's sort of four years. It's a good it's a good run, isn't it? But yeah. I'm sure things have changed over that time, and some of what you're describing there could well be a legacy piece that over that period of time you have you know, really refined your offer. You've you've got much more specific about the type of things that you do, the people that you help, and all that kind of thing, and. Do you often find that that's something that even the clients that you take on, they are at that sort of stage in their business? Uh, that this kind of mid-growth stage, do you mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, too right. Um, and I think one of, the, one of the key pieces of advice that we give when we're, when we're talking with our clients is um, about your ability to delight your customers. So this is this is kind of our standpoint. Working working with us, we always take it that we're uh, our sort of USP, if you like, is that it, it's the way that we interact with our customers. We're a family based business. We're not. Um, uh, we work really hard to not be part of the rat race, and because of that, we like to sort of have that. Um, it's professional, but sort of still slightly friendly, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit laid back. Nothing's ever really a problem. We'll always get, you know, we'll get on with what you want. That old kind of um, customer is king type uh, type approach to, to dealing with our clients. And we then relay that on in the messaging that we give or the advice that we give to our clients. So, you know, um, we working with an education client, we'll say, well, okay, we, you want more students. So if we get you 10 more students tomorrow, how can you deal with them? So then what happens if that's 100 new students? What happens if that's 1,000 new students? What happens if that's 10,000 new students? And actually, actually really working through with them on not just the marketing side of their business because they say, hey, we need more students, but actually saying, well, once we get those students, how are you going to delight them like we're trying to delight you? Because you know, one person that has something negative to say about your business is going to do more harm than five that have something positive to say. So we need to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not just throwing people at your business, throwing mm -hmm. customers, leads, whatever it might, your objective might be. We're not just trying to throw as many of them through the door. We need to make sure that you can handle them and then we can scale that up in an effective way. Do you find that that's quite a common thing then, that, that people may come to you thinking they want one thing, but after a little bit of a deep dive, you start to realize that actually, you kind of need to do a 
few steps before yeah you know being able to actually reach the objective that you've you've come to us with and and how does that conversation go really and 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 is it a difficult one to have and how do, how do you sort of handle it um it can be a difficult one to have especially when especially when people don't always get what you're saying so we we had a um we had a client come to us that made um bespoke uh, play equipment for nurseries and councils and, and that kind of thing and they'd there was it, the company was run by two two gents this old boy that had run an estate agency business for decades had earned his mint and had invested like 200 grand of his own money in this new business which was going to be a sideline for him and his son and the, the second bloke was was this guy's son and they'd spent like a hundred thousand pounds getting these molds made for this. Uh, the whole play system was based on like a honeycomb design, so you could you could build dif- you could buy different sort of sections of it and piece it all together over a period of time. Um, so yeah, so he had these molds made because his his whole USP was that this thing was going to be um, British manufactured. So he had these molds made overseas, brought them in, and then the manufacturing process actually happened here in the UK. And he was determined that your delivery day, he could deliver a system in 10 working days. You place an order today and 10 working days later, we'll be ready to install it. And no matter how we put it together, he just couldn't seem to compute the fact that that's fine if you have one customer. But if you have a customer that orders 10 units, can you still deliver those in 10 days? And more to the point, if you then get a second customer that orders one unit five minutes after the first customer that's just ordered 10, when does his like 11th run happen? How can you, how can you sort of uh, accommodate customers as your, marketing, as your marketing grows? His son got it. And I, I would have loved to have been a fly in the car on the way home from that meeting because this old boy, I, he was vastly intelligent. I'm not questioning his intelligence at all, but he just, he just didn't get that, that mm. kind of concept. Um, so we, how we do that is when we're working on any um, larger scale project like that, when, when you're coming to us and asking us to do your marketing plan, your marketing strategy for you, um, it, it all starts with a, a brutal kind of um, truth-based discovery meeting. So we, we do want to know about the finances of your company. We do want to know about your turnover. We do want to know about your gross margin, your net margins. We want to know about your staff. We want to know about your standard operating procedures, something we've just been talking about before we hit record. <laughs> um, we, we do want to know about what your visions are for your company in 12, 24, and 36 months' time. You know, we, the, all of that is uh, something that we go through as part of this um, discovery meeting. So yeah, it, that, that, that's how we do it. Um, and it, it can be a little bit awkward. Um, I've learned to embrace the awkward. Um, and you know what, you can ask your question and you can just sit there and wait for the answer to come across the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Embrace the awkward, embrace the difficult. Like uh, <clears throat> most, of the, most people are going to be listening to this on a, a, an audio podcast, but we are doing this over a Zoom at the moment. My uh, my camera's completely blurred, so um, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm stuck my thumb in front of it, and uh, you know, trying to get the camera back. But anyway, that's uh, that's what happens with live television, isn't it? So uh, we'll carry on. Hey, it's, it's your best side. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, and no, I mean that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because the thing about marketing, and, and it's something that I found, because we're exposed to so much of it. I think that everyone feels that they have an idea of, of what good marketing is, like what is the right way to do it. Um, 
the wrong way to do it, what they want to do. So do you, do you often find that a lot of people come to you with this sort of idea and it's almost like they're, they're, they're telling you what they want and they're looking for someone just to go and do it. And then how you sort of, again, flip that in terms of, well, actually, let's make sure that it, it is what you need in terms of, right, what's going to get the best bang for your buck? So to speak. You, you've just hit the nail on the head because you changed the way you asked that question. You started by asking, what is it they want? And then ended it by saying, what is it that they need? And that is the key thing that we, we try and discuss with people. One of the biggest, biggest marketing mistakes we see time and time and time again is that people do marketing that they want to do. And actually the marketing you need to do is the marketing that you're your potential customers need to see or hear it, it's irrelevant whether you like it or not that is purely a vanity kind of statement in in my eyes i'm, I'm being a little bit obtuse to make the point but yeah. you you know just because you like facebook doesn't mean that you have to do facebook advertising if you're selling a b2b service a bit like a bit like you do mate with your um you know with your business growth strategies you could you can reach people on facebook of course you can. But the reality of it is, is that you're offering a business type service. So when they're browsing Facebook, cuddled up on the sofa with their girlfriend at night and the dog and the baby monitor and all that kind of stuff, is that when they really want to be thinking about their business growth strategy? Or alternatively, is it better for you to be targeting a different platform? Let's say LinkedIn, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, because you know what? That's what they're checking when they're on the tube on the way to work, when they're getting in and out of this working type mm -hmm. zone, when they're on their lunch break and they're, they're still in work mode. Now, I'm making a very black and white sort of explanation to, to, to illustrate a point. And I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a place for Facebook marketing in a B2B setting. I'm just saying that you need to justify it by the benchmark of your customer before you dive into it. There's no point saying you want to do it because you want to do it. That's, that's just you wanting to do something. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to put the best marketing message out in the world, but if it's going out in the wrong place to the wrong people, then yeah, it may as well be you know, just abusing people. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, you, know, you may as well just be swearing at people and, 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 you know, because it's turning people off. And you know, we've all sort of been on Facebook and seen under adverts people just hammering the advertiser oh my God, I'm fed up with seeing this sort of stuff in my, you know, in my feed, like, rah, 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 rah. and it's like, well, yeah, quite right. They should be able to voice that if it's been badly um, targeted and all that kind of thing. And you, you've got to understand that on that platform, for example, people aren't necessarily there to, uh, you know, to be advertised to. They're there because it's a social platform. Yep. Therefore, you've got to understand that there is a different kind of etiquette involved in that. And yep. uh, I don't see a lot of people doing it. So that's interesting. You sort of uh, mentioned that's the number one mistake. What, what other mistakes do you see people making with, with their marketing that, that often you just sort of look at and go, oh, my God, that's like, I wish I could just tell everyone just to stop doing it. Uh, the, well, so that, that's one of the biggest ones. And another one is um, people wanting to dive into the tactics way before they've even really sussed out what it is they're trying to achieve. So, you know, um, we're, we, we want you to run a marketing campaign for us. So what we want is we want 15 Facebook ads and we want 30 Google ads, uh, Google text ads, and we, we need a landing page. And that landing page needs to have an email capture form on it. And that email capture form needs to have a sequence of 15 emails. And then we want to do this. And then we want to just, hang on, whoa, hold the phone, hold the phone, right? Okay. What is it you're actually trying to achieve here? What, what's the benchmark for success? 
because we can go and do all of that stuff for you. Of course we can. And we may end up going and doing a whole chunk of that. But until we know what it is you're trying to achieve and by sort of definition of that, then what, what does success look like for, for this campaign? Is it 100 new leads a month? Is it uh, 50 grand in turnover? What, what is it? What, you know, is it um, 25 new donors on your lifetime plan if we're, we're dealing with a charity? What, what does success look like? Once we know what that looks like, we can then start reverse engineering it and then understanding the challenges that people face in, in uh, converting to, your, to, to whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, we can understand the pain points that they have. What do you solve? What, what is it that somebody's going to get from you? What, what is this thing? And then we can unpick it. And you know what? If we go through that process, it, okay, it might take us a couple of days of consultancy and a bit of planning time and this, that, and the other. But we go through that process and you end up with a far more streamlined campaign out the other end that actually delivers what you want it to deliver rather than, rather than like a shed ton of tactics, which buried in there somewhere will be a pathway to get to what you want. But there's also, it's, like, it's like going into the crystal maze and then expecting to get your, your marketing objective out the back of it. It's just, it's just not going to happen. It's nuts. And, and the danger with that as well is if you, if you approach people to do marketing in that way, like the danger is that someone's going to say, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. With no questioning. And you'll get exactly what you've asked for. But then at the end, you may be thinking, well, hang on, like, where's my, where's my client? Where's my result? Where's my lead? It's like, well, we did what you asked and, and they will have done and they would yep. have done it hopefully very well. But, a, you know, the sign of, of, of someone that's been a doing this for a while, B has their client's best interests in, you know, at the front and center of, of their business is when somebody like you just says, hang on, hold your horses. Let's take a step back and actually question whether or not this is the right thing for you right now, considering where you're trying to get to and what resources you have. And not everyone does that. No, absolutely. We, we do a, um, we believe in this process so much that what we do when we're, when we're quoting this kind of stuff, because the, the difficulty, it, it's great advice to say, look, if you're running a marketing consultancy business, a marketing agency, whatever, go and have these discussions with your clients. It's a great thing to say. And then somebody thinks, well, hang on a minute. How do I actually get there? How do I, how do I start? At, at what point between them asking me for what I want and a quote, and then this discussion, which is obviously going to change the quote, how does it all fit in? So the way we do that with our clients is we offer um, like a discovery phase and we charge for it. And what we're going to do off the back of that discovery phase is produce a number of documents, some specification documents. Um, so that could be a marketing strategy or marketing plan. It could be a tech spec for a new website or a design specification or a, a branding brief. It could be a whole load of things. But we've done the, the research and the discovery stuff up front, and then you've got some informative documents that come out the back of that process. And then what we say is, let's say, for argument's sake, we charge £2,000 to do this discovery process. When we provide you with those documents at the other end, there will also be a quote for the work to be delivered. And in that quote will be a discount of the £2,000 for the discovery phase. So if you come to us to do the work, we'll give you the money back because we know that because we've been through this, we're going to be so much more efficient at delivering your work and actually achieving those results that you can have your discovery feedback. 
And that's, yeah. th that's the way we pitch it. So if any of your listeners are wondering about how we do it, that's how we do it. Um, but we, uh, yeah, that we, it, it can be a little awkward to get going. And those people that you find that, look, I've been there. I, I used to run a freelance business. Um, I tried to build myself as a WordPress development house, but the reality was I was a, I was a freelancer. And the, I didn't lose a piece of work. And that was because I was so cheap. And I was so cheap because I always said yes to everybody. Because I was so cheap, I couldn't say no to anybody. I couldn't, you know, so I had to deliver what they asked. And I was on the hamster wheel and it just never mm. ended. And I was working, I, I wasn't on like these five or eights at like five bucks an hour. I, I was a bit above that, but mm. it wasn't, I was working more hours than I wanted to, spending more time away from my family than with them. Um, and ultimately not really delivering the results that clients needed. Um, and in the end, because I you couldn't, you couldn't physically do it in, in no. the time and, and still sort of, you know, service everyone else. And that's, that's another reason why, you know, you've got to be questioning you know, dirt cheap providers in any service. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. I mean, this approach, it's, it's something similar to what I've used and you know, still do to a degree, but I'm surprised that more service providers don't sort of operate this model. There's so much work that people are willing to do for free in the hope of landing a client further down the line but you know what that that is such a, a short-term view of your own business so if my my approach on this and the, the approach that we take with our agency is that we don't want to land every client that well everybody that comes through the door because firstly we're not going to be a good fit for them to begin with and we well, we didn't go into business to make life hard for ourselves that's the thing you know it, just because just because i don't get on with such and such a person doesn't mean that they're not going to be a good client and doesn't mean that they don't need the help but you know what if they're not going to fit in with our model then i'd rather them go and have a better experience with somebody else than us putting ourselves through drudgery trying to trying to please somebody that ultimately we're not going to please so the first thing is you need to be a little bit you do need to be a little bit selective about the types of people that you're willing to work with um, the second thing is that um, you need to think about how you're building your business or the, the average lifetime value of a customer. So the problem with the cheap model is somebody will come to you for, I don't know, 15 email templates and you'll underquote yourself and you'll get the job done. You bang it out the door. Great. Fine. Thanks. Those emails then don't deliver. So what they'll do is they'll blame you because you're the one that coded them up. So there must have been, our, our, our strategy was sound. So there must have been something wrong with the way they were delivered. So you know what? They won't come back again. Whereas actually by saying, hold the phone, let's just do this first. Let's have a discussion, figure out, I know you have an idea what you want to achieve, but let's just clear the decks, get a level playing field and put this thing together. Then we have, it's a bit like having the picture on the jigsaw box before you start building the jigsaw. Yeah. Ooh, so that's, you know, I like an analogy. I like that one. I'm going to steal oh. it. <laughs> so that, that's, what, that's what we're doing. And then because we then deliver a campaign that delivers in three or four months' time when the next thing comes around or they have another need, you know, they, they don't go back to anybody else. They come straight back to us because we already understand their business. So we can, we can expedite through a whole load of stuff that they'd have to explain to somebody new. So all of a sudden, we haven't just got a client for one job, we've got a client for I don't know, five, 10, 15 years. The agency's only been going four years. So um, I, I can't, you know, but you, you, get the, you get the idea. We build our business based around being able to serve clients time and time and time again, rather than that one hit fix in and out and off we go.
And I think maybe maybe you see this as well, but it's a big mistake I see a lot of people, certainly when they're running a service making, it's like they have uh, something they give to a client and then they move on to the next one. And they forget that there's a massive pool of opportunity in their client list yeah. if they worked on it from a more holistic point of view. And, yeah. the, you, know, there, you know, sometimes it could be as, as, as fundamental as a, as a business model that isn't quite set up to be able to deliver over and over again. And, you know, the typical agency model, the service, you know, service provider model, it's, it's a tough one because the majority of people go into it thinking, right, I'm going to do something custom for my client every single time. And, you know, we've had discussions and I'm, I'm going to ask you to talk about something in a minute that you, I, I know that you've identified and, and you've created something around to, to sort of solve this problem. And, mm-hmm. and I think by talking about this, you can give an example of how a service business that is still delivering a service, not uh, you know, putting out um, an, an online course or, or something like that, that tends to be the, uh, the, the normal way that people go about this to, uh, to achieve some scale. But um, yeah, it's, it's providing the type of service in a, in, a, in, a, in a very processed way. So I'm kind of setting you up to talk about your um, SEO hive and yep. uh, the, 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 this kind of service, because I think it's a really good example of how a service business can actually shift the model ever so slightly that is beneficial for the client, beneficial for the business. So do you want to give us the kind of top level of what that is, explain what it is and, and how you've kind of got to this point where you're about to launch? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So um, SEO Hive is really two things. And it, it, it ultimately, it's, an, it's a white label SEO service. And it's going to help um, either marketing consultants who have sort of a great skill set in some form of writing or copywriting or journalism, that kind of thing. It's going to help them with their other SEO needs. Or the other type demographic of people is going to be digital agency owners, people essentially like myself that don't necessarily have the SEO skills, um, but it, it's going to give them a platform to build recurring revenue into recurring revenue streams into their business. So the big challenge that we had or we have when we're setting up SEO Hive. So uh, I, I know that this is, uh, episode is going to air sometime around about SEO Hive's launch. So we're looking at it launching in um, late April, early May 2020. Um, so uh, whenever that airs, whenever this airs, it'll be somewhere around about that, that period of time. Um, one of the big challenges we have is that white label SEO services essentially have a bit of a bad name. And the reason they have a bad name is because people pay them significant amounts of money. We're not talking, you know, we're talking hundreds of dollars a month in most cases, if not more. Um, So they pay them a significant amount of money and then they sit there and wait to be told what to do. And then you'll find in the clauses for your contract to XYZ SEO company that um, time doesn't roll over. So you don't tell us what to do. You know what? We've just taken your money and uh, next month you'll give us some more and we're still waiting. And then eventually you'll send us through a request and we'll say, yeah, we'll do that. And uh, five days later, we'll have done that and then we'll start waiting again. So because of that, white label SEO services do have quite a um, a bad rep. So we're going to differ from standard white label. I I realize I'm generalizing a little bit, but you you get the gist. Um, We're going to differentiate ourselves in two areas. The first is that we have processes and we're going to 
be open about what those processes are. Not, not down to the nitty gritty of we do this, we do that, but actually what the, the processes are. We're going to call them pathways. So every site that you onboard to our service goes through our onboarding process. And that is going to be essentially a technical SEO audit. So that we know that every site that we're working on, on an ongoing process, on an ongoing basis, has this fundamental sort of core that it is correct. It can be indexed by Google. It's not going to have any of the sort of um, schoolboy mistakes in there that's going to hinder our work, all of that kind of stuff. That's the first, that's the first uh, thing we'll do. Then we're going to have three pathways. One is content creation, one is link building, and the third is uh, on-site optimizations. And the reason we're going to have those three pathways is because then we can always be proactive within those three pathways, even if you don't tell us to do something. So if you come to, if you do send requests in and you want X, Y, Z doing, that's great. Some of our stuff may get bumped onto the next month because you do, you do have a set period of time per website. But on the same note, if you don't send us anything, we're not just going to sit there twiddling our thumbs, taking your money. There's always going to be stuff that we can get on with. So that's the first way we're going to differentiate ourselves. The second and before way- Before you go on to the oh. second one, Pete, I just want to sort of highlight a couple of things in there because number one, you've got very specific about a particular problem that people are facing, not necessarily just with their own business because yeah, SEO is something that businesses need in order to be seen, be found and all the rest of it. But you've gone a little bit deeper and you've discovered a problem within the industry itself that people have complained. I'm assuming that you've been speaking to people, you hear the complaints that they have and all that kind of stuff. So you've identified a problem behind a problem and you've now obviously yep. started the process of, of thinking, right, well, how can we do it different? And also you'll be, yep. you're being very specific to a, a particular type of client. So you know, depending on what part of the world, you can call it niching or niching or, or, or whatever, or target profile, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but there's clearly the thinking that has gone into it. And the last thing I want to sort of point out is that you're not doing this with everything that you do in your, in your business. You're doing it with a very specific piece. Yeah. And what this gives you the option for, and I'm assuming, is you can bring people on to this and then that then talks about that lifetime value of a client potentially with other projects and all that kind of thing as well. There's just so much scope for it. And it's, it's a much more scalable way of building a, a, a service-based business. And yeah, and it's not going the, you know, the traditional, not say traditional, but you know, the online course, people think, okay, if I'm providing a service, I should just record everything I do on a video and, and let people buy it, which is essentially what a course does. But you're doing it with a done for you version, which I think is really smart so the the second thing that sets us apart from uh the the other seo services is that we're also going to be providing training resources for client uh, for our customers to help them sell seo so not only are we going to be um actually doing the work for them but we're going to be equipping them to go and find the clients and then when they go and find the clients they can go and chuck them over their shoulder at us and we will then help we will then do do the work and provide the reporting back and that means that they're then free to go and find the next client, the next client, so that they're building themselves a model of recurring revenue, essentially. Um, that's, that's the plan. And where that comes from is um, uh, that freelance business that I mentioned to you. I left that because I was headhunted for a job working at a large e-commerce agency. And it was, it was approaching um, seven figures as, uh, in terms of its turnover when I, when I started there. But the MD was 
intrinsically sort of, he was like surgically attached to the sales process. So if he took two weeks off for his summer holiday, our sales pipeline disappeared. He was so ingrained. And we worked really hard as the senior management team to remove him from that. And in, in unpicking that sort of um, predicament, we, we said, look, we're right. We need some business development people now. This, this business is at a place where it needs some dedicated sales staff. But what those staff need to be able to do is understand clients' problems, give them the right advice, build that confidence and trust. And then when the client says, yes, we're going to go for this, they need to be able to essentially throw it over their shoulder to an account manager and make the introductions and everything needs to be processed out so that there's a full understanding so that the client gets the seamless experience, but actually they, they cannot be responsible for doing the work because what they need to do is then move on to the next one and the next one, and the next, and that's how you build a pipeline. So that's what we're trying to do with this SEO service to help people build a pipeline of recurring, recurring income so that they can have that stability within their businesses. When they get it, they throw it over their shoulder and we're there to pick it up. It's a really good model for a number of reasons. And, and obviously it's a good model for you, your business. It's a good model for the people that you bring on board. It's, it's kind of like putting in my mind almost like a mini franchise stroke licensing type model in that all the IP that you've got, you're effectively passing over to other people to benefit themselves and you so you're kind of like doing that but it, it's kind of like uh, well i don't know if people are going to pay anything to be able to sell it i don't know but if they're not then you know, this is a win-win well it's still a, it's still a win-win even if, they, if there is a fee involved to be able to well, do it so at the moment at the moment the thinking is that all of the training resources will be freely available to anybody that's a customer on the white label side of things so just by being our customer you then have access to all this stuff that's one that's where the hive comes from you know it's going to become like this hive of hive of information um so uh we may decide to give some of it out completely free to to non-customers as well um we're not that far yet down the road yet we're still what eight weeks away from launch so we're some some of this stuff still a little bit in the planning phase or could go one way or the other um but that's that yeah certainly there isn't going to be a cost to it let me put it that way certainly if you're a customer um of the white label stuff and then there may be some of it freely available to yeah and 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 this is a sort of thing that obviously it takes time to plan to strategize to you know sketch out how it's going to work and all that kind of thing but it's the kind of thing that pretty much any business that provides a service would be able to do and benefit from because what you've done is think right who can I provide a service to that would also then be able to sell that same service on and benefit their own clients? So you're kind of like thinking, you know, two leaps ahead, not just client in front, but client behind. And, yep. I don't, you know, if you're um, I don't know, a financial advisor, for example, you could quite simply take part of what you do and say, right, I'm going to provide, I'm going to provide a part of my service that is going to be very specific for accounting clients, for example. Like, they work with business owners, therefore it could, I, I don't know enough about like the specific services of financial advisors, but I'm sure you'd be able to think of some form of um, service that an advisor could do that would be able to, you go to an accountant rather than going, hey, do you want to be referral partners? It's like, look, this is something and we will train you to almost add this as part of our service. Yeah. Or, you know, your service onto other clients. So it's, yeah, there's so many sort of, 
benefits to sort of thinking in this way. And, and it's not something that I necessarily hear a lot of people talk about. Um, I did have one guy, uh, uh, Michael Griffiths, um, is a, a referral guru, um, talk about something similar. But I think this takes it maybe even one level higher, which is actually having a service where somebody can literally have everything that you have and, and train themselves or even a team member yep. to then go out and fill a pipeline with another service. And that could become your, uh, I, I guess, the way of baiting the water, of bringing people in as a, as a smaller offer potentially that you then own that client. In, you know, the service is being taken up uh, by somebody behind you and, and, and there's so many benefits to it. Um, and it's a way of marketing that doesn't rely on Facebook ads. It doesn't no. rely on all that sort of thing because you're going to, you know, you're building relationships with people that already have an audience. Um, you know, as I say, a, a, a fish full of hungry, a, a, a pond full of hungry fish already. <laughs> and you are essentially fish farming in their private pond. Essentially, yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing about the, the whole thing about a productized service is that it can grow as you grow, uh, as, as our customers grow. So if you take one thing that every digital agency, every marketing consultant that I've come across should do, and most of them don't, is they should class themselves as one of their own clients. Because if you're not walking the walk that you talk, if you see what I mean, um, then you're ultimately, you're just doing yourself a disservice. And you're not actually demonstrating that you can do the stuff that you say you can do. So it, if you onboarded, the very first site you onboarded with us was your own website, okay? That then gives you access to all of this material. And we start Use, working on your website as is any other website down one of the pathways, improving it in either link building or content creation or on-page SEO, whatever it might be. And we start building your pipeline that way. We give you that first leg up the ladder. So your entire investment is one website on our service. When you then go and sell the next one, then you up your subscription to two. When you go and sell the next one, you up your subscription to three, then to four, then to five. So we're not actually, it's not one of these things where we say, hey, you know what, we've got this great idea. We want you to send us $7 to cover the postage for this PDF that we're going to email to you. Uh, and then on that, we're then going to upsell you our books and our, um, our conferences, which are going to be held in San Diego. So if you're anywhere outside of that, it's going to cost you to get there. And uh, once you've been through that, we'll eventually get to a point where you'll actually be able to do we're not doing it. Oh, and by the way, this is all powered by an ad that's me next to a Ferrari that I hired for the day. Um, you, you get my point. We're actually trying to get a model that is that the there needs to be some level of investment because otherwise people don't buy into it. That's you know that mm -hmm. people only really take note of the stuff they pay something for. But that something has to be something. It can't be your entire life savings. So. Mm -hmm you know, we're trying to hit that balance to then you, there's a little bit of investment for you. And then from there, you can then scale up. And you know what, if you've already got an SEO client, and you're actually not 100% sure what you're doing with them, you don't even need to onboard your own site, you can just start with your clients, and you're instantly into profit. So yeah. that's, um, that's kind of the model. It all makes complete sense. And, and, and yeah, it's for me, it's, it's, it's seeing things in a different way. And it's approaching a problem in a different way and, and sort of just thinking about it in a different way. Because, yeah, there's, there's many ways you could go. I mean, you could have just sort of gone, all right, well, we're just going to hire a load of more 
team members, right? And we're going to scale our business in that way. But yep. you struggle with margins, and that's traditionally the way that people scale a business and they grow a business. However, you've sort of taken a step back and looked at this and gone, right, okay, how can we do this differently that can actually be sustainable? And also, not hands-off, but it's going to be a little bit more hands-off eventually because you start to almost build an army of business development reps yep. that are your clients, yep. which really that's what they should be anyway. If you're doing things well, your clients will become your business development. That's called referrals. You know, we yep. all know that. Most people don't have a system for that. But this is like systemizing your referrals like on steroids and there's so much learning in this that i'm really really impressed by it so <laughs> if people want to go and have a look at, at what this looks like um you know it's it's uh, seohive.co it may at, depending on when this airs it might be up or it might just be a sort of a holding page or something like yeah. that but uh, yeah go and have a look see what um see what is there see what the information there is saying and, and just look at it an example and, you know, I hate the term hack, but if you want to hack it or if you want to look at it or model it for, you know, the, the, the kind of business, because not everyone's going to be in marketing that listens to this. And, you know, just think, are there other ways that I could apply this to my business? And could I think of a, a, a small part of my service to slither off and productize in this way mm -hmm. and, and model what Pete's doing? And, and maybe, yeah, I mean, people wanted to get in contact and connect with you and just maybe, you know, find out a little bit more about, you know, both the SEO hive, the digital agency side of things, but I also know you're more than happy just to, just to chat and, and, and uh, you know, trade war stories in a way and tips. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn, you're there. You've got your, um, uh, your Facebook group, as much as we just bash Facebook. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically, if you go to peteverett.com, there's links to everything, uh, everything on there. But yeah, I have a Facebook group that's linked to the podcast that I run. Um, there's, I am on LinkedIn. I, uh, there's the agency website. So there's, there's a number of different places that you can get hold of me. And there will be the SEO Hive website, which at the moment, at the time of recording, is a page with about four sentences of text and an email form mm -hmm. on it. And that's it. But um, yeah, as you say, when this goes live, it may be the, maybe the full thing's up. But that, that's how you can get hold of me. And I'd be delighted to, delighted to speak to anybody that wants to know a bit more. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, as I always say, I'll include all those links in the show notes if you, uh, you want to just uh, click and uh, get there easy. But um, I mean, I'd be really, really interested to, um, you know, to see a case study come out of this. And I don't know if you thought about, you know, documenting part of the journey or, or something like that, or maybe you do something on the podcast, your podcast, um, you know, just to sort of give an example of, of, of what it took to sort of go through this process of creating this. I think it would be fascinating for people to, uh, to see. And, and, and who knows, maybe there's, a, there's, a, there's another product to spin off at some point <laughs> in the future, um, you know, just... Uh, you know, buy the, uh, buy the online course for uh, $40, $47 or whatever. It'll, it will be. It'll, be, <laughs> it'll become the book that you'll have to pay the $7 yeah. to cover the postage, which will be Absolutely. on a Facebook ad of me next to the Ferrari that I own. Absolutely. As opposed to the one that I've hired. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can see how a marketer's mind works. Absolutely. But no, genuinely, I think it would be a, um, a fascinating um, case study of, of just how you went around, uh, went through this process. Um, don't know if you thought about, maybe we can have you back on a few months after and um yeah we sort of uh, go through what uh, what's happened as a result and what you've learned along the way because uh sure there'll be speed bumps and uh and all the rest of it i'd be more than happy to come back mate it's been a pleasure awesome well pete it's been a pleasure as always so um all that's left to say happy fishing cheers mate
Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.